0: hello everyone one and all and welcome to yet another episode of maine education matters we are your number one source for all information or some information or sometimes even no information uh that's coming out of the Maine cultural education and cultural affairs committee and the Maine legislature all things regarding to education
1: we listen so you don't have to
0: and last week we took the week off uh julie how was vacation week
1: Fantastic. Can you see the glow around me? I'm rested, rejuvenated, ready to go.
0: I see the glow, but I'm not sure if that's from the window behind you. <laughs> the sun shining directly in from behind you. But it is giving your, your a nice background to your glow, whereas I'm sitting in a cold uh, bedroom. Um, yeah, it's Good kind time. of
1: angelic looking, actually, isn't it? it you are.
0: It's very angelic.
1: It's very angelic. Matt, yeah. I have one question for you. Sure. How come when we're in meetings with our colleagues and our podcast comes up, they get this look on their face like, you two are very silly?
0: Um, I blame you for that. You do? I totally blame you for that. Because if everyone knows, anyone knows anything about listening to this podcast, I'm the straight guy. I'm the one who just kind of shoots things from just trying to get all the facts just out. And you're the one constantly derailing us into weird conversations about ethereal planes, bringing up music, talking about chips and things. So, I mean, I, I, it's really on you.
1: Okay, I don't believe that for a second.
0: <laughs> this is called blame shifting. It's, it's something that I'm working on these days uh, to kind of help my own self-esteem, to say that I, maybe I'm not so bad of a person, everyone else is.
1: Weird. There's a Brené Br- Brown book you could read on
0: that. <laughs> I don't read, don't believe in it. So the last couple of weeks, we last recorded on June 11th, um, this this podcast, and it is as we're recording it today, the 25th. So it's been a been a couple of weeks, and quite a few bills have been uh, passed and signed into law, and that's where we're going to focus today. We're just going to focus on those bills, not the ones that are hanging out, not the ones that are just kind of in limbo somewhere. But let's just because there's a lot that's happened, focus on the ones that have been actually signed into law
1: and a few have not been signed but have made it into law
0: yeah that's a that's a neat little little wrinkle isn't it it is all right let's get to it so going back all the way to june 11th this is kind of an important one for uh districts and especially anyone who uh, in the in the education realm gets evaluated 11 ld 1172 an act to delay the state mandated teacher and principal evaluation system uh, this was presented by Representative McRae, and what this bill says is the following. Um, this is the one that an SAU is not required to evaluate an educator under Chapter 180, etc., uh, performance to uh, the PEPG system for the Twenty-One Twenty-Two school year, except for the teachers in their second year of a probationary period. So, if you're a first-year probationary teacher first year in the system you don't need to be evaluated
1: that's not true
0: it is absolutely true that's what this law stipulates and says and i talked to someone at doe about this and they said yep that's what this law says a first-year probationary teacher does not need to be evaluated also if you remember back a couple years ago the, the probationary period was three years. It got changed a couple of years ago to two years, but this upcoming year would be the year three. So if people were hired in 2019 or 2018, 19, 19, 20, 21, 22, or whatever, uh, 2019, yeah, whatever it is, this would be the third year of their probationary contract to go to a professional. They don't have to be evaluated.
1: Um, so that sounds like a, a mistake has
0: been made. That's a massive whoopsie, um, and I'm not sure that they real that that McRae and everyone realized it. And I and I did, and and I think this is going to cause massive called massive turmoil um, because there will be how how are they going to be evaluated now it, with districts with probationary periods? You know, you don't necessarily need an evaluation system to make a employment decision. That could be done for a lot of different reasons. Um, so there's there's not necessarily a need for it. However, I would argue there is a need for it. Um, what
1: is the number on that again, LD 11? 72.
0: 1172. Signed into law on June 11.
1: Oh, you know, I listened and the intent seemed so appropriate but then when you get down to dotting the i's and crossing the t's oh my word
0: in my humble opinion they screwed up big time with it
1: yeah
0: but we'll see what happens um so that's something to just to be aware of for you for us educators and those of us who kind of run or facilitate um the pepg systems that there's there is or going to be a big push to just say there'll be no evaluations next year, except for second year. And that's going to be a thing that the evaluation systems are going to have to, um, committees, because the committees make the decisions, are going to have to grapple with. Um, Also, reminder that this coming fall, starting the 21-22 year, student growth is now optional. So steering committees are going to have to make that decision if they haven't yet already.
1: I think some have and thought that that went into law when it was signed. But we've learned or I've learned that that's not the case. So we won't talk about districts that might have already been optional.
0: No, we won't talk about those. But there are some. And even though some of us were on a particular podcast saying, hey, this is what it means. This is why you got to listen, folks, because we'll 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 break it down for you. And then we'll break down ourselves
1: hopefully the slo police are in the same office of the rti police at the main doe and yep. they'll just sort of let that go
0: yeah there's there's yeah. yes i agree moving on to june 14th we're gonna talk about ld 68 an act to support life and career readiness and education in maine signed into law it did a couple of things one it eliminated whereas you say career and education development as part of the standards it's now life and career readiness standards. so it, it changed that language. It also added language. it said recognizing that students will choose to enter the workforce in different ways and consistent with those standards. Each SAU shall offer relevant opportunities that may include interactive experiences and allow for direct exposure between students and a variety of career options to help students develop habits of efficacy resourcefulness and adaptability as the students to take steps to create and implement post secondary school plans.
1: Who sponsored that, Matt?
0: This bill was originally sponsored by Representative Crockett out of Portland. So there you go. we got to do stuff to help support career and life right, life and career readiness
1: oh yes so ld68 but what exactly give, give me the meat what exactly do we need to do
0: so we have to offer quote relevant opportunities uh, for students to help students take steps to create and implement post-secondary school plans developing habits of efficacy resourcefulness and adaptability in other words making sure that this, the school the systems that we design, offer, and implement are ones that are going to prepare kids for graduating in 2022 and beyond, instead of preparing kids for graduating in 1992 and beyond. You And I believe that there, there, there are a lot of systems out there that are still stuck in that mindset that we have to do things like it was done 30, 40 years ago. That's always thats how is how we've always done it. You know. It doesn't go into specifics about what those things are, but may include interactive experiences or direct exposure to either that could be I think that could mean either things like going on school tours, that could be meeting with industry partners, it could mean a whole bunch of stuff.
1: I'm just I'm just looking at the language and I'm I'm trying to apply a real life scenario of what it will look like for us.
0: Mhm. Mhm.
1: And it doesn't seem that much will be shifted.
0: I I don't think there's I I I I don't see there being a whole lot of really meat and or to do for this. I think it's just a matter of them changing the language of the statute to be more in line with the, one, the lang- the new language of those standards from career and education development to life and career readiness, and two, to make sure that there's some language that's directly related to those changes in the standards. It's stuff we already do anyway.
1: Right. I like the intent of it. You know, let's not just push everyone towards a college path, but let's really push them towards a path of what they're passionate about and what their skill yeah. set
0: yeah, what I also like about it too is that it really specifies and focuses on l- looking beyond about not just what always we've always done, what we always have been, but also saying you know things like hey, let's let's pre- make sure that we are actually preparing them for for a post-secondary world now, not just what we've always done it as. What that means in real life, you know, we'll see. I don't know. Uh, the next one we're going to jump over to, uh, the June 15th, is LD-961, which was an act to provide equity and access to applications for the National School Lunch Program and School Breakfast Program. Basically, all this one does, it's saying hey, uh, the DOE is going to make it easier and more accessible and in various languages. No-brainer. Right. That that should be that shouldn't be a problem. Uh, LD eleven ninety eight. This one is fascinating. An act authorizing an increase to the maximum annual fund balance for public school districts. So, you know you yeah, have these annual. You can you can take you can move some funds into annual funds, but also sometimes during school years you have may have some. Extra allocations that you didn't expect to spend, and you have to get rid of by July first. Quote uh, for fiscal years twenty one twenty two uh, and twenty two up to twenty four twenty five only. Unallocated balances in excess of 9% of the previous fiscal year school budget must be used to reduce the state and local share of the total allocation for the purposes of computing. State subsidy and school boards may carry forward unallocated balances in excess of 9% of the previous fiscal year school budget and disperse these funds in the next year over over a period not to exceed three years. With COVID funds that have been coming up, I would imagine that there are a lot of districts that may have spent a lot of funds on other things, but also may have tried to supplement other funds in other areas. And so I see this as kind of being a help in that way. But also this is saying if you have these unallocated funds, you don't have to spend them. As long as it's over nine in excess of nine percent, you can then push those and spend them to the next next uh, next year, but you can't you have to spend them within three years.
1: It's this is going to be wonderful for those districts who have the administrative support to know how to do this. Yep. I I hope that there is support for everyone because this could be very, very helpful and a win-win for communities. But if you have a newbie who doesn't understand the finances, I mean, imagine districts who might have a new finance director and a new superintendent and a new, you know, assistant superintendent. Boy, they're going to be. This would be something that it would be worth getting a mentor for to help guide
0: absolutely i mean the the budgets are already tricky enough to 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 follow and to manage and whatnot and to to add these little layers of allocation and fund balance and pushing forward and it just you know it could be easier to be like nope we're just going to do we're not even going to deal with it we're just going to get rid of it every year but then if you could help your next year's budget, or the next couple of years' budget by reducing some significant funds, especially if you're in an area where, um, let's say, I don't know, the housing market has just completely jumped up and skyrocketed and you're going to have assessments are probably going to go up, which means that property taxes are probably going to go up, which means that local shares are going to go up, there might be some opportunity here to help to say to, to districts and say, hey, maybe we can offset this for the next couple of years. Given that we've seen what's happening, so there's there's a lot of possibility there.
1: Positive possibility, I
0: think. I think so. Yes.
1: Yeah.
0: Um, LD five eighteen also signed into law on June fifteenth. LD five eighteen. This is an important one. This is what I'm actually really looking forward to. It's a resolve. It had um, no whereas. I just gave up on the whereases this year because there was I was so pitiful use of whereass by those writing resolves. Directing the DOE to review and assess state mandated instruction and training for students. By January 21st, 2022, the DOE is gonna submit a report and and provide the following information. A full list of all mandated instruction and training. Yes. Identification of and recommendations for continuance of mandated instruction and training that are appropriate and effective and recommendations for discontinuous of mandated instruction and training that are onerous outdated or otherwise ineffective yes
1: remember a few months ago i shared with you and courtney that i think it was from Maine municipal and it was i think from 2015 that they had listed the mandated instruction yeah Um, and i thought oh my word as curriculum leaders this should be at our fingertips at all times so this will be up, it, something like that will be updated and shared with us and is a long time coming.
0: Well, that's the next step with it that, that I hope that they get to is that this is not something they do just once and then put it on a shelf and forget about it, but that they add to it in every legislative session. They can go back and review it and say, you know, because there are times when you might have a, a mandate in there that, that was great for the time, but over time has been not so, not so good or hasn't been effective or was effective for a while, but research has shown that we need something something different. We should be able to have that constant state of continuous improvement. And that's what I see this really doing.
1: What did you say that was LD? LD
0: 518.
1: Okay, how is that different from 278?
0: Let's jump over to 278.
1: So 278 was approved the very next day.
0: Yes, direct 278 directing the DOE to develop a process for the consideration and implementation of changes to mandated instruction or training for students.
1: So is that the next step?
0: I think that's the next step. Is to say if this is what the mandates are here's and if they have to make this report of recommendations and changes to those mandates this is saying here's the process. So they're going to be presenting within two weeks of each other here's this here's the mandates and here's the process by which we're going to be d- dealing with it. That's how yeah. I read it, what do you think? Yeah. So as a curriculum leader, as an educator in Maine, all of you out there I think should be really excited about this because we're finally gonna get an idea of what are those mandates that are really out there that we have to manage and, and, and handle. And then possibly they could bring together a group of people to look at educators along the way and say, What are those that are you're seeing in the systems that are really impactful that are really helpful that are really effective and what are some of these uh, systems or mandates that are just getting in the way
1: so if i could recap matthew druette card i like calling you matthew sometimes
0: oh that's dangerous dangerous territory right there
1: so if i could recap if you're a member of a pg and e committee we don't have great news for you there are some confused confusions ahead If you're a business manager and a superintendent, our advice is to make sure you understand LD 1198, because that can be a positive for your community. And if you are a curriculum director, we have high hopes that LD 278 and the one you just talked about are really going to make our jobs somewhat easier.
0: Yeah, I agree. So especially with the curriculum side, we'll have to wait a little bit on that one um, until at least January. But thinking in terms of like the 22-23 school year, things should be at least in play a lot differently. And then the legislative session for that year, the 131st, that year, they'll be able to actually maybe um, produce some bills to handle and deal with the stuff that came out of this LD 518, the review, and then 278, the process. Right. Make sure I get my numbers right. Okay, LD 261, another resolve. This uh, directing the advisory committee on truancy dropouts and alternative education to study truancy and attendance in the state and develop recommendations to improve student attendance. It is exactly how it sounds.
1: I don't recall talking about that one, though. Who, who introduced that?
0: This one was originally re- introduced by Representative Roberts out of South Berwick and a lot of different... Uh, co-sponsors. Uh, originally titled, Directing the DOE to Study Truancy and Trends in the State and Develop Recommendations for Increasing Student Attendance and Reducing oh, Truancy.
1: you know, okay. I do remember talking about that in the very beginning and questioning the timing of this. Like, yeah. how coming off the year of COVID can we possibly make sense of our data? But I think you set me straight. In-
0: I think this is, just, this is just studying it now to see the impact and the effects of it. So. Uh, so that, so June 15th, June 16th, we already covered one, that 278. Also, let's go to LD 1189, an emergency bill. Emergency enacted. So this, the difference between an emergency inaction and a regular inaction is that the regular inaction signed in the bill, that takes 60 days. It doesn't go into effect for 60 days. So you have to wait until like Septemberish. Or whenever October August is to go into effect, an emergency that day it starts. It begins right away. And this uh, LD eleven eighty nine, an act to amend the teacher certification statutes.
1: It's not a, a resolve. However, what does it have, Matt?
0: It does have whereas it has an emergency an emergency preamble and a, a few whereas, which I'm happy. But again, like I said, I gave up on the whereas. Because <laughs> they were just so few and far between that I, it's, it's the one thing that I'm truly disappointed about about this session. So
1: this is, this is a big deal.
0: So, t- so why is it a big deal?
1: Chapter 228 is a big deal because it has, in my opinion, it has the potential to support teachers, support hiring, But in also in so doing, have teachers, maybe more teachers will have the mindset that we could be doing things a little bit differently with students too. That it's not just one way to show that you accomplished learning, that there are multiple ways that you can have a menu of options to show because this provides teachers options to show that they can be certified. Right this is Dan chahuda's baby it, from what i can tell that he put in a lot of blood sweat and tears numerous meetings and yeah. i would like to see this be very successful
0: i would too and as a i will say this as a person who came to maine having gone through preparation programs and things in another state um and i know i know another person in particular who went and got a master's degree in education and moved to um, Maine and then had to go and do all of her student teaching again uh, because she w- didn't do it in Maine, it's just right? Not that was absurd. Uh, I had to jump through so many hoops to be certified in Maine, even though I had gone through those hoops in another state, but because I hadn't done it, quote, in Maine, hadn't gone through the Maine way, I'm using air quotes there, that it wasn't good enough. And what this is saying is, no, it is good enough. Finally. It is. Like, we're, I know we like to think that we're the best. We don't like to talk about we're the best, but we like to think that we're the best here because it's the way life should be, right?
1: Well, Matt, on behalf of all educators in Maine, thank you for jumping through those hoops.
0: Oh, stop it. <laughs> um, it's, it's, yeah, that, that, thank you very much. I, my, my therapist would say I should just take that and say thank you. So, but this is absolutely doing that. It's, it's making those uh, options for people easier to be certified, which doesn't necessarily reduce the rigor of it, but it opens up the options.
1: Absolutely, very well, for it. very well
0: said,
1: very well said.
0: It's kind of like how this whole, and I don't want to go a, a, to a, down a rabbit hole here, but how like the COVID vaccine got so done quickly because instead of doing all those steps you know, consecutively, they did them concurrently. Mm-hmm. They, they met all the same rigor, but they just did them at the same time. They, they got through that process. It's the same kind of thing. The same rigor was there. All the steps were made. They just did it a different way. I see this is the same thing. But however you feel about the facts, that's at least how it was built, how it was done this year. That was uh, a I'll,
1: very strange analogy, but... You I'm know,
0: if, if I haven't done much improvisation work... But the one thing I have learned is that if it comes into your head, just trust it and go. Yeah, <laughs> which is why we're so sometimes so dangerously close to getting the explicit tag. I've been able to censor myself enough. Um, LD ten seventy two, an act regarding career and technical education, career and technical education, adult education and a memoranda of Understanding with Community Colleges in the University of Maine system. So the Memorandum of Understanding for educational programs, a center or region, adult education programs, uh, and a community college, university may enter into a Memorandum of Understanding with one another pursuant to this section to provide educational programs to CTE and adult education students for purposes of this section, community college, it means a community college in the Maine community college system, etc.
1: I really thought we were already doing this how is this different from dual enrollment
0: well, i think this is to encourage and support one uh, not only cte programs of doing this but also adult education programs because there may have been you know getting getting cte programs connected to memorandum of understanding has it is not always the easiest thing
1: Hmm. It but just, it seems to me that it's, and, and this isn't my jam, right? I'm in a pre-K to 8 system, but all we've heard about dual enrollment programs, this just seems to be that, in
0: my opinion. It also says that the community college or university shall grant full credit to any student who successfully completes a course at the community college or university, and the course must apply to graduation requirements, community college, etc., but... You know they that they count excellent love it yeah love it, love it, love it. all right also on the 16th a big one for the state of education ld 1664 we talked about this quite a bit and it has been signed into law ld 1664 an act to integrate african-american studies and the history of genocide into the statewide system of learning results this is where so LD so uh, sorry uh, in subsection forty seven zero six, in t- in twenty A for you statute nerds out there, where it said instruction in main history main studies and main Native American history, it now says instruction in American history African American studies main studies main Native American history and the history of genocide.
1: What a so, wonderful step forward!
0: This is an this is an amazing step forward. I'm absolutely in love with it. Uh, history of genocide, including the holo- including the Holocaust, must be included in the review of content standards and performance indicators of the system of learning results. So they're going to look at that. Here's where I'm hoping they go with this and with that. Um, I'm really hoping that they take a real look at the standards, and I'm hoping maybe this is too controversial a statement, but I'm going to say it anyway, because like I just said, if you have it, just kind of go with it. That they take it from a decolonialized point of view. That they look at it from a perspective of, sure, let's look at it from a colonialized perspective, which is how the vast majority of history is taught in in the United States. But let's also look at it from a decolonialized point of view. And if we... There's a lot of talk about things like indoctrination right now in schools and whatnot. And, you know, one might argue that by adding this other layer of education into it is indoctrination. But if we eliminate that one side, we don't teach the other side of it. We only teach the one side. Isn't that the definition of indoctrination? You know, so that's where I'm really hoping that the standards can then be um, rebuilt, redesigned. I know they're going to go through the redesign process in a couple of years, but when they do, I hope that that's something that they look at.
1: So Matt, if I am a brand new curriculum leader and I hear people talking about this new law, Mm
0: -hmm.
1: might I be confused thinking that next year I have to make sure my teachers are incorporating this? Because it's not what this, it's not saying this has to happen September 1st, 2021. This is saying that at the next review of our social studies standards, we are going to incorporate African-American studies, Maine studies, and the history of genocide. But it's, we don't want people to be confused in thinking that, yes, can you do this? Absolutely. But it's not required until July 1, 2023.
0: Yes, which I believe will be right around the time that the standards are starting to go either under review again or have been under or have gone through the either, either in process or have gone through. I believe that's kind of the intent of it. But right, there is no need to be, quote unquote, forcing the hand of our teachers and curriculums and resources, et cetera, until that time. I'd also say, if you're not thinking ahead in those terms and you're not doing things starting in the fall, to start preparing your staff for it, preparing your teachers for it, say, we need to start thinking and building this stuff in. So it's not just this thing where come, you know, September 1st, 2023, when we start off school, whatever it is, we don't have to do this and we're not prepared for it. We, we have now two years to look at our curriculum, make those adjustments, find the resources and build it in over time.
1: It's just, it's a very smart approach, but I don't want people stressing out thinking that they have to drop what they're doing. And
0: No, it would be a great time to do a curriculum audit or an equity audit, for example, uh, to be looking at those things. So uh... And do it
1: in a timely manner, but not one that you're feeling rushed. Take the time to process, to have partners and so... Wonderful opportunity for Maine educators.
0: Absolutely. Totally agree. LD 1684, still on June 16th. That was the fourth bill that was signed on June 16th. Now we're on to the fifth. 1684, a resolve to strengthen Maine's workforce by expanding English language acquisition and workforce training programs.
1: I think this was the one that I said, Mark, my word, this is going into law. I love this
0: one. Why? What's, what's so good about this one
1: I love that it's providing <laughs> meaningful experience for our new mainers that it's connecting English language acquisition with the workplace so here's a you know we're going to train you for this new job but while we're doing so we're also going to support you in learning the language and the culture of our community so I just Love
0: it i agree i agree i think all too often and maybe this is an unintentional and maybe this is just my perspective but correct me if i'm wrong that um students uh needing el services or english learners in particular it's kind of looked at as a deficit
1: mm-hmm.
0: it's looked at as a it's looked at in the way of like oh this is something that they're just they're they're not as well versed they're not as communicative et cetera, except that they are well communicative just not in english they are really strong in this stuff, but just not in our language that we're familiar with. So it's not a deficit. They're actually, it's it's a benefit. It's it's a it's a plus, and I think this is going to be one of those things that is going to help build right.
1: that. Um, so November first of next year, November first, two thousand twenty-two. The office. Oops, and I didn't catch that office. Which office are we talking about? The DOE. The DOE shall provide a report concerning grants awarded. So, is this one that will take effect in sixty days? So we can look for information in a couple months on how. I would, I would imagine so. So,
0: so these grants, there there is a um, There is a funding side to this. And the grants are. Uh, for 21-22 school year, they have um, allocated federal expenditures of $500. And in 22-23, uh, $500. So over two years, these grants that can be applied for, um, $1,000. That's not even funny.
1: All right, so my excitement just I'm so, I'm
0: sorry. <laughs> i at this point. Thank you. I just watched you. You were like so jazzed and animated, and I said that, and just, your whole body went, oh. <laughs> yeah. 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 Um, I'm still go. going to be
1: hopeful. I'm still going to be hopeful. I think this can result in really positive things.
0: I wouldn't expect anything less from you to be hopeful and to be just that, that's <laughs> that, 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 shining positive light on the Hill that people can look towards. Um, there were a couple more that happened on that day, but they're really, I don't think they're really worth talking about. Do you?
1: Oh goodness.
0: I I, I'll just bring them up at that LD fourteen twelve, an act to update and improve the main earns database and reconvene the state education and employment outcomes task force. Like, that doesn't sound like I think I don't really want to talk about. <laughs> I'm being honest. Okay. Do you want to talk about it? Go for it. No. No. And the other one, 1705, an act to support Maine students who are dependents of current or former members of the military.
1: I didn't, I didn't, I saw that, that it was passed. I did not recall us talking about that.
0: I, I don't think we ever did. But it's really just making sure that kids who are in either military schools or um, under the reserve or or military connected students with parents who are transferred, pending transfer on active duty. All right, so that about wraps up the 60. By the way, we just did a little pause in the um, in the recording. You may have heard that, but I'll tell you what, what you don't realize is that we haven't spoken in about a month. The pause in the recording a month actually went by. We actually recorded we, re- we started recording this on the uh, 25th. We then lived an entire month and then got in the DeLorean, brought it up to 88 miles an hour, went back in time. Great Huey Lewis and the News song, by the way. My very first concert I ever went to um, in the Hartford uh, Civic Center, Hartford, Connecticut. And we came back and we're just re- jumping right back in to June 19th of the year 2021, which saw a couple of bills going forward, like LD 655. And this is one we kind of teased a little while ago because this was a, um, a resolve. Again, a resolve with no stinking whereases. Directing the DOE to survey school SAUs, SAUs and review the feasibility of a 30-minute lunch period for students. This was passed without the governor's signature sat on her desk for a number of days, passed both houses, and then it just, okay. So she's not necessarily in favor of it, but she's not willing to stop it.
1: I, I find it fascinating. There are a couple of these that happened, and I, I find it fascinating.
0: It's kind of like that whole thing in a consensus model. You have the thumbs up, yes, I agree with it. The thumbs down is, nope, we got we got to stop and keep talking about it. And the thumbs sideways is like, yeah, I can live with it. I'm not. I'm not too thrilled, but I can live with it. It's like that, that. Okay. Well, I don't have enough to stop it, so it's really just a study to see about the feasibility of it, to see whether or not it could be done. This is an issue that comes up, has been come up at the last several sessions all the time. Like, can we do this? And it always gets stopped in local control. So I think this is a way to bring it back up to say, like, well, to what extent could this happen? And I will say this: it absolutely could. <laughs> Absolutely. could. It's just a matter because the schedules are all changeable.
1: Well, if you had said three years ago, maybe even two years ago, oh, we're going to have lunch in the classroom from now on. Some educators would have gone absolutely berserk, but now teachers, many teachers, not all, but many are advocating for that because they love the opportunity to see kids in a more. Calm and. Comfortable.
0: Yeah. I'd be also curious to know about things like the any discipline data you know is or has that been reduced because of lunch in the classrooms and not having all these kids in cafeterias or whatnot and then then there's the other side of it is the social emotional connectivity side the, the, the time to let the kids just be kids with a whole bunch of other kids which is one of the best things about being a kid but I'll tell you from my perspective when I was a kid the worst part of my day was going to the lunchroom
1: so right
0: that was the i i couldn't I, as a person believe it or not very quiet very introverted uh it was too overstimulating i hated it that's mm-hmm. so why yeah. you ever see me I, I go to i go to a conference or a party i'm like always sitting by myself and i'm just like back against a wall like i don't want i don't know how to talk to people because i just don't i can't handle it i'm still that way
1: that's what makes this podcast so special because i'm the complete opposite i love lunchtime chatter and
0: yeah that's i I'm, I'm so envious of that that i just i i have not been able to figure that out yet
1: don't maybe
0: be don't, don't be, envious. be envious okay let's go on to ld 643 or another resolve with no where are uh resolved directing the DOE to establish a working group to determine best practices and accountability standards for school boards to manage the performance of superintendents. And may I say... <laughs> yes, please.
1: Yeah. Um, one of the bills that got vetoed, and I don't know if you have more information on this, but the bill regarding having a faculty and a non-faculty member from the university system... Yeah. Please and in my naivete i thought that that was a wonderful step and i thought that it might provide change for our local school boards that we look at somehow finding a balance of having educational representation on that board and my um, one of my mentors monique culbertson just said something a few hours ago about how Schooling, the history of schooling is that the school board is to represent the community at large. And I hadn't looked at it like that before, and I understand that, but having that voice among them that has been in the classroom, has been in a leadership role. I don't know, I guess this is probably a longer conversation because you have been on boards. Yep. And
0: my experience on the board that I was on, and maybe this is, this is this is my feelings of it, were that my experience in the classroom and the leadership position at the moments didn't matter.
1: See, and that's what I want to change.
0: You know, and I wasn't there, you know, so that that, that was my feeling for a lot of a lot of the time that
1: And Matt, that's how our teachers feel. And I don't want that. Our teachers feel like their voices don't matter. And how can we expect them to do the greatest job on this earth if we don't honor their voices?
0: Ice cream sales? No. Oh. Because there's really nothing. You can't go wrong with selling ice cream.
1: Hey, did you log off our meeting (laughs) before you saw the poem by the Gorm High School? Poetry Out Loud winner.
0: Yeah, so Julie and I were in a meeting not too long ago for uh, with some curriculum leaders, and I I, I did have to jump off because I'm 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 in several meetings at once today. Yeah.
1: Well, I have to say to all of you out there, all two of you listening, go to the June 8th recording of the ESSA, EFCA, however you want to say it, office hours. And Cheryl Lang shared the YouTube of a senior from Gorham, sharing a poem she wrote about teachers. About her, it, it's just phenomenal. Every educator in Maine, every educator needs to watch this three-minute poem.
0: If you can send me the link, I can make sure we tag it in either the notes or on social media too.
1: Yeah, I will. It was just cool. hair-raising.
0: Speaking Follow of hair-raising. Follow no. that. Um, well, speaking of hair-raising, LD 1152, a resolve to require main post-secondary educational institutions to review the level of student debt and develop plans to limit student debt. Student debt is hair-raising. Yes, it is. I mean, ah! So all all this is doing is saying, hey, figure out what the heck's going on.
1: You know, know, what's kind of funny, Matt, if you think about five years from now when our kids are older, and maybe even more than five years, because I have a 15-year-old, your oldest is? 13. 13. So, yeah. Five years from now, we probably would delve more deeply into this conversation. But now we're like, okay, we've got eight to 15 year olds in our household. We're good. We don't. We know it'll be hair raising, but.
0: Oh, I'm fully anticipating putting my kids into a tremendous amount of student debt. Absolutely, it's you know, it'll it, that'll learn them. <laughs> you know, the things in life aren't free. You gotta earn this stuff, and you know. Yeah, you'll be paying for it for the rest of your lives, but it was worth it. That liberal you're, arts your degree. Your girls
1: will give, that, give you that puppy dog look and that's, yeah, you're so tough. That liberal
0: arts degree studying, I don't know, philosophy, you know, and spending, you know, 400 grand back in the 90s on that, whatever it was, to be like, hey, study philosophy. Yeah, totally worth it. Absolute.
1: Matt, it was worth it because look where you are right
0: now. Oh, I I I wouldn't change it. I mean, there are lots of things that would change, but I I don't have any regrets about what I studied. I what I do regret um, was me not taking more advantage of the opportunities when I was in school than I than I didn't. Yeah, I, I spent more of the it was an imbalance. But Way Matt, much more what, on the social side than there was on the academic side.
1: But that's what makes you the educator you are, that you have that experience and you try to guide others. So no regrets, my friend. Yep. No,
0: no regrets. I have lots of great stories and I can tell any student who wants to know or anyone who wants to know about the core rules of uh, doing good pranks. That's one of the things that I learned. One of the main things I learned out of college is how to really do good pranks. And there are some core rules to it.
1: All right, that might be a separate podcast. That's
0: probably a separate podcast. Uh, LD, uh, a couple more left. June twenty first. LD four seventy four. At least on my list. We'll go into your list if I'm missing anything. Uh, uh, an act regarding school discipline for Maine's youngest children signed into law. So, a couple of things that a list of available free and low cost legal services must be created, updated annually by the department. And
1: is that for the people who violate? <laughs> like that's just kind of funny to me. We're going to provide you a list of low cost legal services in case you mess up. Like, what is that about?
0: I believe that's not I believe that's for the families and parents to make sure they say if if you feel like your kid has been unduly disciplined or whatnot, um, then here are some places where you can uh, go and get help. You can call Joe. Uh, ex- uh, found necessary for peace and usefulness of the school a school board shall expel any student except a student who is enrolled in grade five or below schools may no longer expel students in grades five or below
1: Matt how many how many students grades five or below have been expelled in Maine?
0: Uh Let's see. I have a, I have a, uh, let me check my calendar. Cause I have a little ticker on that. I've been kind of in over the years and I think I'm going to, I'm going to flip. I'm going to do some, I have no idea.
1: It's gotta be a move point.
0: Like how point of view, <laughs> a moo point, uh, sorry, that's a Joey Tribbiani joke. That's total reference, a friend's reference. Um, But yeah, I mean, so it also says uh, that, you know, a a school board may authorize the principal to suspend students to a maximum of 10 days. No, nothing new there. Here's something new. Except the school board may not authorize a principal to issue an out-of-school suspension to a student who is enrolled in grade 5 or below, except as provided under subsection 9A or unless the principal determines that there is an imminent danger of serious physical injury to the student or others and less restrictive interventions would be ineffective. An out-of-school suspension for a student who is enrolled in grade five or below may not exceed three days. There's always an exception. So of course it says you can't do it, except, and so there are some loopholes there and it comes down to physical violence and physical danger for the student or others but also the ten-day rule doesn't count. It's only, it's only three days for suspension. And this
1: will take effect for next school year, correct?
0: Yeah. Yeah. Uh, let me make sure I get my my dates right. I believe so. Yeah. Uh, oh, here's a great one. I'm and I'm so in favor of this as being a state law. Recess may not be withheld as a consequence of a violation of the student code of contact by any student enrolled in grade five or below, except when there's no alternative time available. Recess time may be used for restorative interventions, etc.
1: Yeah, I think you can't that, that, use that,
0: recess that. As, as a threat. You can't use re- I'm going to take away recess as a as a as a potential threat, to say, knock your behavior off or we're going to take away recess. You
1: can, you can take, take away, away aspects aspect of, recess. of recess, for instance, if a child loves the swings, yet they have, their behavior has warranted some sort of Absolutely. activity. Okay, you're still going to have recess, but I'm sorry, you have lost the privilege to, be, to use the swings. Yeah, the
0: I, I look at it more like, hey, you need to get your math work done. If you don't get your math work one, you're going to miss recess.
1: Right, and that can't happen.
0: No. And that shouldn't happen, because the kid might really need recess, and... Um, so so what kid is going
1: to be able to focus on a restorative practice a yep. restorative discussion knowing that all their friends are outside having fun.
0: That's yeah, fun right
1: I want to see that work I mean I don't
0: right alongside of this one was LD 1451 an act to align the expulsion process with school disciplinary policies uh, and following a proper investigation of students' behavior and in accordance with district-wide disciplinary policies adopted by the school board, a school board that intends to consider expulsion, shall ensure, and that's where the, the law still stays all the same, school board may authorize superintendent or principal to modify and writing the requirement for expulsion of a student on a case-by-case basis.
1: So it sounds like this this one just tightens some things up and provides yeah. support where needed. That's how I see it. But hopefully used minimally.
0: The last one on my list, Julie, is June 23rd, LD 639 uh, resolved directing the DOE to develop training for school counselors and to review limitations on autism spectrum disorder coursework for special education certificates.
1: Without signing.
0: Without signature. Maybe she was busy.
1: Isn't it
0: interesting? It's like, it's it, I, I I don't know why I don't I, I, I don't know the politics involved, you know. I is think it, is it one of those things know.
1: where they
0: is it one of those things where they say like, uh oh, this is just easy. I'm only going to put my signature on those things that are that I really need to, or that that so to make a to make a bigger point on something like the teacher evaluation one. I'm going to sign that one. Um, or. Is it the other way? I'm not going to sign this because it's if I sign it, it's making a political statement. So by not signing it, I'm not I, I don't I don't get it. I don't know. Yeah.
1: Or maybe her friendship with the lobbyist or the lobbyists are very, very involved. I don't know. But very interesting. Were there only those two, the recess and then extra training on autism spectrum disorder.
0: Yeah, that's what I, what I think. Yeah, that's all I have. Very interesting. Yeah. So what did I miss? Or, what you else? did not
1: miss anything in fact that's the end of my paper trail.
0: woohoo nice um so do you have any shout outs or smackdowns for this particular episode
1: i do have an update
0: uh, a shout out or a smackdown update i think this is the first for that
1: yeah no i don't have a um. i don't i don't have a shout out or smackdown
0: okay what's what, what, what...
1: here's my update I believe it was our last podcast, I mentioned to you that we have a new member of the Education and Cultural Affairs.
0: Yes, oh, the last podcast where I was assaulted.
1: I can't.
0: Where I was just, I was what duped. Is, what is... There, there, was, there was a giant conspiracy against me to completely <laughs> make me look the fool. That podcast, that one where, you know, give away the entire Zoom link to any Tom, Dick or Stephanie and that could be out there <laughs> listening. Just post it online and be bombed away. Yeah. Okay. I, I remember that podcast well.
1: We'll 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 leave it at that, so that maybe someone <laughs> will go back and listen to the previous podcast and know what you're talking about. Um, so, Allison Hepler, I believe is her name, is going to be is our new member of the committee. Great. Guess whose place she took. No idea. Our Alfred representative. Yes.
0: Heidi Sampson's no longer on the committee?
1: No, and I am wondering if it's because of the, the, the five Republicans who tried to enter without their masks about a month ago. I saw it on the news. Ooh. I wonder if that was her sort of censure. Maybe. I don't know, but.
0: I don't know. I hope I
1: pique your interest so that you might look a little bit deeper, but it looks like Representative Hepler, and I apologize if I have the name wrong, is from the Woolwich area, and she has a Ph.D. in history, so she will provide more perspective around the cultural affairs part of our committee that we really don't tend to.
0: Interesting. Maybe I can... Find some information. I'll see what I can... If I I can dig up. Chances are I won't be able to dig up anything because that would require some work and we all know how I feel about that.
1: Well, when we needed information on Senator Daughtry, your biggest fans came to the rescue and set us straight. But maybe someone can set us straight for sure on what happened to that. Would
0: love an update. Would love to know know more about that. But uh, Heidi Sampson's been on the committee since... um, Since, you know... Matt and I started this podcast. podcast. She's one of the reasons we started it, actually, because she's one of the ones who helped was really against that proficiency-based diploma law. So I'm curious as to what's going on there.
1: Matt, what happens to all of the bills that have no final action in the session has ended? They're dead. They're just dead.
0: They're dead. So if nothing happens, uh, th- I think there might be some situations. I don't even think that they can go. Some. I think there might be a few that can go to the special. Can be pushed up to the special session next next mm-hmm. year. But generally speaking, they just they They're just, just thin- die. They just they just die at the floor. Hmm.
1: All right. What's next for us?
0: Well, I don't know. Um, I think for us for now, I think what we just kind of have to do is. Um, See what happens. Any more? Anything else that's coming out of Augusta? We'll, we're gonna kind of play it by ear, and see what we need to do. Is so summertime's a little bit weird? Um, if you know we have an, an inspiration, I think we're gonna be trying to have an interview coming up with uh, DOE rock star Joe Schmidt um, about a few things, and maybe some other folks at DOE to tell us what, what they felt like this year was like, and or getting that way. Julie, we haven't talked about what we're gonna do this summer because. I think both you and I have been just kind of like wanting to enjoy some time away.
1: Yes, we have. And I kind of like, I mean, as much as I missed you last week, I thought maybe every two weeks for the summer would be a, an appropriate approach for us.
0: Yeah. So bottom line, our, this podcast is going to be a little bit of um, here and there. You know, we're not going to have a regular schedule for the summer, but I think the plan is we will definitely pick up things mm-hmm. in the fall. Or a little later, I don't know when.
1: So, in addition to our interview with Joe Schmidt, I would love to do a a collab with our no, our parent podcast.
0: Hey, I would love to have a, a dual podcast of uh, personalized learning with Matt and Courtney and Main Education Matters to just talk about not just things like personalized on their side, personalized learning, but then also what Main statute, what Main. Uh, law can do in terms of supporting personalized learning. I think that would be a fantastic conversation. Yeah, and but, I think that 28
1: gonna, I, could be the segue there.
0: What could be? I'm sorry.
1: But chapter 228, the recertification statutes.
0: Could be. That could be great. Um, but, you know, I don't pull any of the strings. I don't have any to say. I don't ha- I don't say anything. So I, I have to leave it up to our parent podcast and my boss, my superiors, you know, those, those up the chain, you know. Our our supreme editor, um, maybe he's a chancellor. We call him <laughs> that, or uh, dare I say, emperor? <laughs> um, I know he's a Star Wars fan, so if I call him if I call him an emperor, I know he's going to be get all Palpatine on us.
1: And a huge soccer fan, right? Is there a soccer term you could throw out there?
0: Um, offsides. Offsides.
1: We're are usually offsides.
0: Uh, yeah. We, yeah. we we are. Uh, illegal use of the hands. That's also in, in, in American football, too.
1: True. Uh,
0: uh.
1: All right, we digress. Matt, <laughs> this has been truly a pleasure. I hope Me too. with these signed laws that we have helped and enlightened some of our colleagues.
0: Yeah, so keep keep your ear out, keep your eye out, and we'll be, um, we'll be back in your earbuds sometime soon in the future. Absolutely. Thanks, y'all.